0: Good morning. Good morning, turn in your Bibles with me to 1st Samuel chapter 3, 1st Samuel chapter 3, we're continuing in our study of the life of Samuel and we drew some important lessons from the childhood of Samuel last week. We said that the Lord preserved His testimony in times of darkness. A very beautiful picture of this in uh, 1 Samuel 3 and verse 2. It came to pass in that time, in verse 3, before the lamp of God went out, verse 4, that the Lord called Samuel. We saw him uh, keeping that light lit in the darkness. We saw the Lord sustaining life in a hostile environment. He took this young boy, Samuel, and... Uh, and nurtured that life quite uh, separate, quite apart from the surroundings uh, around him, the world, he was able to grow and flourish. It reminded us of the Lord Jesus as a root out of dry ground. And then finally we noted that the Lord tested his servant. He, uh, he revealed to Samuel who Eli really was, and then he had Samuel expose Eli for who he really was face to face a large task for a young boy, but um, Samuel passed the test. Today we'd like to pick up in uh, 1 Samuel 3 and verse 19. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, For the Lord revealed Himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Verse 19, um, the Lord permitted none of Samuel's words to fall to the ground or to fail. The test of uh, God's prophet is that whatever he speaks in the name of the Lord shall come to pass. In Leviticus, there's a very stern warning to prophets that um, if it doesn't come to pass, then the prophet is, um, is put to death. But we see that the Lord permitted none of these words to fall to the ground. Why? Because Samuel spoke the word of the Lord and God would not allow His word to fall to the ground or to fail. Let's um, turn to chapter 7, for Samuel chapter 7. Uh, Samuel's been established now as God's prophet in Israel. We remember in our study of Eli that uh, the Ark of Testimony had been captured by the Philistines. Eli was killed; his sons were killed, and um, the uh, Philistines didn't do well with the uh, with the Ark. It brought them great um, great problems. So they sent it back to Israel. And we pick up in uh, First Samuel chapter seven and verse one. Then the men of Kirjath-Jerim came and took the Ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab on the hill and consecrated Eleazar, his son, to keep the Ark of the Lord. So it was that the Ark remained in Kirjath-Jerim a long time. It was there twenty years. And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. Then Samuel spoke to the house of Israel, saying, If you return to the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the foreign gods and the asterisks From among you, and prepare your hearts for the Lord, and serve Him only, and He will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the children of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtaroths, and served the Lord only. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered together at Mizpah, drew water, and poured it out before the Lord. And they fasted that day, and said, There, we have sinned against the Lord and Samuel judged the children of Israel at Mizpah. Judge here, Samuel judged the children of Israel means that he acted as a magistrate. He, um, he acted in many ways like a modern day judge. He dispensed justice to the nation of Israel. Now, uh, verse 7, Now when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel had gathered together at Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard of it, they were afraid of the Philistines. So the children of Israel said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us, that He may save us from the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Then Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. Now as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a loud thunder upon the Philistines that day and so confused them that they were overcome before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and drove them back as far as below beth Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and called its name Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they did not come any more into the territory of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Then the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel from Ekron to Gath, and Israel recovered its territory from the hands of the Philistines. Also there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. And Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. He went from year to year on a circuit to Bethel, Gilgal, and Mizpah and judged Israel in all those places. But he always returned to Ramah for his home was there. There he judged Israel and there he built an altar to the Lord. We want the Lord to change our lives through the example of Samuel. We want to carry away from this uh, life, imperfect life, but so freighted, so full of of, uh, examples for us. We want to carry those away with us into the week and into the remainder of our lives and apply these truths. We find in uh, Samuel's example four lessons that we'd like to take away with us. The first lesson, lesson number one, is the spiritual tone, which Samuel gave to his service. Now, with um, with servanthood, we address all who would be servants. But this, in the, these uh, chapters that we're going to look at, we see uh, Samuel as the servant leader, and so these uh, particularly apply to uh, leadership. Last week, we talked about uh, thermostat. Uh, there's one out here in the hallway. And uh, thermostat, its uh, function as is life is, is, to, um, is to set the temperature. And uh, we said last week that we should not be thermometers. The world has lots of thermometers, spiritual thermometers, that, that tell us what the temperature of society is. The Lord is searching for thermostats. He's searching for Samuels to set a spiritual standard, to set the temperature, to take a stand. We see in the chapter uh, in our, our chapter here, verse 2, that uh, all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. That uh, word lament in the original means to wail. They wailed after the Lord. They were sorry. They uh, they were heartbroken. They were they were recognized their poverty, their spiritual poverty, and their need for the Lord. And so um, Samuel ushered this repentant nation into the presence of the Lord. He uh, he brought them back to to be restored to them. Thankfully, when Israel desired to be restored to the Lord their God. The Lord didn't wait 20 years. Uh, They waited 20 years in um, uh, verse 2. The ark was there in Kirjath-Jerim a long time. 20 years is a long time. But uh, when the Lord knew of their lamentation, their desire to be restored, He immediately sent Samuel to them. Psalm 86 says you lord are ready to forgive and abundant in mercy toward those who call upon you it reminds us of the uh, prodigal son uh, whom the father saw a long way off he was waiting he was watching for his uh, his son's return the lord is ready to forgive those who recognize their their need we sang that uh that him just now uh, christ receiveth sinful men sinners jesus will receive sound this word of grace to all who the heavenly path- pathway leave all who linger all who fall come and he will give you rest trust him for his word is plain he will take the sinfullest christ receiveth sinful men he desires Repentant sinners, that's what it's all about, is, um, uh, in the, in the offering of his son, the sacrifice of his son, is to receive, uh, the sinfulest, the worst of us, to, uh, to gather us to himself. And so it's no surprise that we see this desire, uh, shown in the nation of Israel. He is ready to forgive. It tells us of the patience of the Lord because um, Israel had been so hard, so uh, uh, thoughtless, so careless toward the Lord, and yet uh, He was willing to take them, to receive them back in their repentance. One of the tests of godly repentance is that it produces... I'm sorry, godly sorrow is that it produces repentance. Samuel was uh, he recognized the sorrow of the nation, but he also knew that this, if it was true, if it was genuine, that uh, it would bring repentance. And so he told the people to get rid of their gods, get rid of your false gods, your Baals and your ash Ashtoreths, your, your idols, destroy them, get rid of them, which uh, Israel was, uh, was willing to do. They put them away. The second thing Samuel did in setting a spiritual temperature, a spiritual tone to his ministry, was that he called the nation to grateful remembrance of all that the Lord had done. In um, uh, verse 12, Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen, and called the name its name Ebenezer, that is, uh, stone of help. The Apostle Paul to King Agrippa said uh, similar words. He said, Having therefore obtained help from God, to this day I stand. And uh, Samuel could say that not just about himself, but uh, about the nation of Israel, that because of the Lord's help, only because of the Lord's help, we are able to stand. And he was... uh, uh, he built a memorial. He set up a a stone of memorial that um, that would remind Israel of that day when they acknowledged the Lord's help. We should raise up Ebenezer's in our lives. Records of God's faithfulness and His grace. One recommendation for uh, an Ebenezer is to keep a journal of. Answers to prayer. Some of us uh, don't like the thought of diaries. But uh, we'd be willing to keep a journal of uh, those special times when it seemed that uh, the heavens parted and the Lord moved. We could see His hand in the events around us. We could see His uh, His superintendence over uh, acts um, to, to glorify His name. And so to, uh, to write these things down for a future reference. Uh, I, I pull those off the shelf every, uh, every once in a great while and it's a tremendous encouragement to flip through those pages and, and review the way that the Lord had helped me um, and to, to uh, thank the Lord. Times of discouragement. Pull the, pull the stone of Ebenezer off the shelf. Let's, uh, let's see what the Lord has done. The problem with um, with our memory is detail, and it's detail that gives uh, sparkle and credence to our our record, to our story. And that's the thing that time wears away. Time wears away the edges, and uh, we lose that that marvelous detail that um, uh, in seeing the Lord's hand. So we want to. Make it permanent. Make it, if you can't make it out of stone, make it out of uh, paper and ink. It's going to last far longer than our, our fragile memories. Israel enjoyed a benefit of obedience in their victory over the Philistines. But as was too often the case, especially in the book of Judges, their um, self-confidence quickly uh, followed they enjoyed the thrill of victory, the, um, the joy of deliverance, but um, then they became self-reliant. They figured uh, maybe we don't quite need the Lord quite so much. It's a symptom of the the human heart. Their repentance seemed real, but it was short-lived. And time tells the sincerity of our repentance. Yes, I've repented of my sin. I have turned to the Lord. Now, let the years prove the, uh, the truth, the validity of my repentance, my turning to Him. So, we have um, Israel rebelling against the Lord in um, chapter 8. Now, it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel. The name of his second Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, took bribes, and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Look, you're old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like the nations. The thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us, So Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day with which they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also. Now therefore heed their voice. However, you shall solemnly forewarn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who asked him for a king. And he said, This will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. Listen to the number of times uh, he will take. He will take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots and to be his horsemen, and some will run before his chariots. He will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties. He will set some to plow his ground and reap his harvest, and some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers. He will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, and your olive groves, and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain and your vintage, and give it to his officers and servants. And he will take your male servants and female servants, your finest young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. And he will take a tenth of your sheep and you will be his servants. And you will cry out in that day because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves and the Lord will not hear, will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel and they said, no, but we will have a king over us that we may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he repeated them in the hearing of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed their voice and make them a king. And Samuel said to the men of Israel, Every man go to his city. We have Samuel setting a spiritual tone for the nation of Israel. He sets the standard he tells the people where they ought to be and the people respond with um uh initially with uh, gladness but then uh, their true state is revealed and they complain against Samuel it was a legit, legitimate complaint in uh, chapter 8 verse 1 Samuel attempted to uh raise up his sons as um As replacements, Joel and Abijah, but his sons did not walk in his ways. It was a sad uh, state that um, the sons seemed to follow the way of Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas. They were corrupt. They didn't do the will of the Lord. They didn't walk after Him. One preacher said, God has no grandchildren. Samuel was God's child, but his sons Joel and Abijah did not belong to him. They were not the Lord's. That's the problem. Samuel, you have sons who are not following the Lord. The solution is, give us a king like the nations. No, that was not the solution. The Lord was their king. The Lord ruled over them and spoke through uh, prophets and judges and uh, led the people through them. Israel insisted on this as the solution to their problem. Give us a king like the nations. The Lord wanted to sanctify Israel. Israel wanted to be like the world. They wanted the exact opposite. We don't want to be different. We don't want to be uh, set apart. We want to be just like our neighbors. So we'll see what kind of king they get in exchange for the living God. But the Lord comforts Samuel. He tells them in... um, in this, to heed the voice of the people in verse uh, seven, heed them in all that they say to you, because they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I would not reign over them. He says. Um, he says three things here. He says uh, they've rejected me, in verse seven. In uh, verse 8, they have forsaken me and they are doing the same to you also. From an earthly perspective, taking a stand for the Lord and enduring rejection for that is a very lonely thing. Yet the Apostle Paul could claim, at my first offense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. But the Lord stood with me and strengthen me. <clears throat> we take a stand for the Lord. We don't find uh, sometimes uh, the support on on the earth. And this was Samuel's case. This was Paul's case, that um, uh, it, it was a lonely stand. But the Lord strengthened him. The Lord was with him. And it's a wonderful fellowship that we can have with the lord that though the world has rejected us in our stand for him they have forsaken us yet we realize that they are doing to us what they are doing to the lord god it's a it's a fellowship that we can have israel rejected her heavenly king and israel rejected samuel it was an honor for Samuel to share in that rejection of his master. It reminds us of um, Paul's aspiration in Philippians 3.10 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Do we want to know the Lord Jesus? We want to know the power of his resurrection But how many of us are willing to follow him into this fellowship of suffering? He stands as a commander-in-chief on the earth amid many enemies. And if we're going to stand near him, we're going to feel the violence of the blows that are aimed at him. There is a reluctance in the church today to join the Lord in the suffering. Resurrection, yes. Resurrection power. But in that same verse, we read of this fellowship of suffering. Many crowd the Savior's kingdom. Few receive His cross. Many seek His consolation. Few will suffer loss. For the dear sake of the Master, counting all but dross. Many sit at Jesus' table... Few will fast with Him when the sorrow cup of anguish trembles to the brim. Few watch with Him in the garden who have sung the hymn. But the souls who love Him truly, both in woe and bliss, these will count their very heart's blood, not their own, but His. Savior, Thou who thus has loved me, give me love like this. Do we know the fellowship of the Lord's suffering on the earth? Do we endure rejection for Him? Then we have entered into this fellowship. We should count it an honor to suffer uh, with Him. Samuel knew what it was to be rejected with his God. Lesson three in the life of Samuel is um, putting a priority in prayer in the service of his Lord Samuel relied on the Lord so he prayed three times we see him praying in these, uh, in these chapters in uh, chapter 7 verses uh, 8 and 9 Israel knew Samuel to be a man of prayer so when they ran into a tough scrape they came to Samuel and they said uh, please cry out to the Lord for us for deliverance which uh, Samuel was only too glad to do and uh, chapter eight, verse six, the suggestion of Israel to uh, to install a king displeased Samuel. The word there means uh, Samuel saw it as evil. It displeased him. So he, what was his uh, recourse? He prayed to the Lord. And then uh, third time in verse twenty one when. Uh, Samuel heard the obstinance, the uh, stubbornness of the nation to to get their king. He repeated the words of the people in the ears of the Lord. It's a good practice for us to uh, to take those atrocities against the Lord, to take those offenses and to bring them before Him and to say, Lord, this is what they're saying. This is what they're doing. The Lord didn't miss it. He caught it the first time. But he's able. we realize he is able to sympathize with us when we bring that problem to him. Psalm 99 says that Samuel was among those who called upon his name. They called upon the Lord and he answered them. Why? Why did the Lord refer to Samuel in this way? Because his prayer was effective, we find in um, chapter seven, verse nine, Samuel took this uh, suckling lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord, and then cried out to God for Israel. It's a picture of the Lamb of God. When we come to, we come to the Lord on the basis of this sacrifice of His Lamb. Then we find a uh, an open ear. We find. Effectiveness in our request. Samuel had that ear; he was uh, his name means "heard of God." Also, uh, the Lord was accustomed to hearing Samuel and answering their pleas. It's um, it's interesting in Jeremiah fifteen that um, the Lord told Jeremiah that I'm not going to be favorable in your request, even if Moses and Samuel stood before me could he say that of us even if you were to stand before me I wouldn't grant this request Samuel was a man who uh, who had an audience with the Lord because he was a frequent uh, he was frequently in the Lord's throne room with his requests Samuel made a priority of prayer in his serving others. Samuel also dealt very humbly with the disappointments of others. We asked Samuel, uh, How do you respond to those who choose for themselves less than God's best? Well, first, uh, in chapter 8, verse 9, The Lord said solemnly forewarn them. In our serving others, we see people headed in the wrong direction. We warn them very uh, solemnly. And the warning was, you are asking for yourselves a king, an earthly king, and all he's going to do is take, 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 take. When all the Lord had been doing since... uh, Delivering them from Egypt on eagle's wings was to give, give, give. They didn't see it. They didn't want it. They wanted a, they wanted an earthly king. They refused to listen to the warning. The people were making a bad choice. God warned them, it's a bad choice. The people insisted on making their wrong choice choice people make bad decisions today a woman marries a fellow against the counsel of her elders and parents a husband makes extravagant purchases a house a vehicle a boat that um, overextend his finances and expose his family to financial distress a young man enters a store and steals uh, items and uh, He spends uh, jail time. Bad choice. Bad choice. How do I respond to people who make wrong decisions, make wrong choices? Should we quit? Should we leave? Should we walk out on them? Should we start over again? Settle only for perfection? Some of these bad choices call for discipline. Discipline in the church. And uh, thankfully, our elders have risen to these occasions and exercised discipline where needed. But suppose this erring brother or sister repents and uh, is received back into fellowship. What now? How do I treat them now? How do we deal with uh, disappointments in, in their lives? How did Samuel respond? Yes, he warned them... He warned Israel, bad decision. He realized that the Lord would give them their request, but He would send leanness to their souls. MacIntosh says, "He uh, says, how often does the Lord give directions to His people morally suitable to the condition He knows them to be in?" In other words, the Lord. Meets us where we are. An earthly king was not God's best. An earthly king was not Israel's best. But God granted them their king because He realized they would accept nothing else. Their hearts and minds were made up. They were adamant. They would not change. Samuel, how do you deal with Israel? Do you write them off? Do you reject them? You've made your bad choice. We turn to chapter 10 for a look at Samuel. Samuel's humility. and uh, Let's see, uh, chapter 10, verse 1. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on Saul's head. Saul was the chosen king. And kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you, commander, over his inheritance? Israel rejected the Lord as king. Israel rejected Samuel as leader. And yet, um, Samuel anointed Saul king. Samuel kissed Saul. In a show of allegiance to his new king. Mary Boley Peters in our Red Hymn Book writes Jesus, the name speaks a life of love, of sorrows meekly borne. Samuel was a man of sorrows that uh, he meekly bore, not sorrows due to his own wrong, due to his own bad decisions, but because of the bad decisions of those he loved. But he does, he sought to respond in a way that brought delight and glory to the Lord. A preacher was once asked, what would you do if some brother gave out a hymn at the worship meeting that was obviously not in the Spirit? And the preacher responded, well, I would sing it in the Spirit. If there was some way to bring glory to God through Israel's foolishness, Samuel was willing to find it. How do we respond to those who make wrong choices? We warn them. We solemnly warn them, don't do this, this is bad. This is a a bad decision. You need to consider the effects of what you're about to do. After they've made their bad choice, It's important for us not to focus on their faults. If they belong to the Lord Jesus, look for His image in them. Don't focus on on their shortcomings and weaknesses. Instead, look for the Lord Jesus in this person's life. If we can't find it, then we pray for it. This was uh, Samuel's Response to Israel, his response to people who made a bad decision and they're going to suffer for it. But he continued to love them, support them, pray for them. Last week we noted that Samuel started well. This week we note Samuel serves well. He served the Lord well. How do I serve the Lord? What's the tone of my service to Him? Do I ultimately seek to direct others to the Lord Jesus? One brother, it seemed, uh, every time he had an opportunity in a conversation, he would turn the uh, conversation to eternal things. Uh, Our brother Bill uh, McDonald, um, when he saw a conversation going wild... Uh, at the dinner table, uh, I'd seen it more than once. Um, he would uh, he would say, "I've got this verse in Scripture. Uh, would you help me with this? Help me understand this." <laughs> totally redirect the uh, the flow of conversation. Do I set a spiritual tone to my service? Uh, secondly, do I shield myself from the blows aimed at my Savior, or do I gladly suffer with him? is prayer a priority in my life in serving others do i pray about the man before i do i pray to the lord about the man before i go to the man about the lord am i a samuel heard of god how do i respond to those who make foolish choices do i write them off or do i continue to seek their best let's pray We want to change our lives, Lord, to conform to your image, those of us who know you. And we thank you for the example of Samuel and how practical his, um, his ministering was to the nation of Israel. We pray that we might imitate him as, um, as he imitated you, we ask in Jesus' precious name, amen.